Welcome to Fresh Growth, a podcast by the Western Sarah Program. We have completed the second season and are preparing for season three. Thank you for listening to season two. In between seasons, we are sharing some special podcasts. These podcasts were created by students in the Washington State University's System Skills for Agriculture and Food Systems class. The students interviewed producers on topics such as regenerative agriculture, permaculture, marketing, economics, technology, and more. We hope you enjoy and learn from their work. Today we're interviewing Stacy and Kyle Schultz from Diamond S Farming here on the Blues. Um, I was curious if you guys could tell us a little bit about your position and what it is that you guys exactly do. Well, we're um, we're sixth generation farmers. Uh, my great 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 grandfather homesteaded here in 1874, so we've been farming for almost 150 years in our family, and still to this day farm uh, a little bit of the original homesteaded ground back in 1874. Currently, uh, Stacy and I, along with my parents Art and Sue, own Diamond S Farms and uh, currently farm together. We farm around 2,200 acres, so we're relatively small for our area, and we grow a variety of crops. We grow uh, four different uh, classes of wheat, uh, barley, lentils, garbanzo beans, Kentucky bluegrass, oats, hay, and we've got a few cows. So we do a little bit of everything, and that fairly sums, sums that part up, I think. Very interesting. I didn't realize you guys had been farming for that long. Yep, it's been, yeah, yeah. We've got two kids. I should have mentioned that, Colin and Brea, who potentially could be the seventh generation. So, yeah, it's went back a long, long lineage. So we're lucky to be in the spot that we are and still farming some of the same ground today. Interesting. So could you describe a little bit about what no-till farming is for those who could be listening and not know what it is? And then what milling is and what it does to the soil? Sure, so um, my ancestors and even back uh, my grandpa back in the 60s and prior to that um, after they'd grown a wheat crop the what's left behind is the residue or the straw um, from that crop and in order for them to seed the next crop the next year um, they would take a tillage tool like a plow which is basically a big shovel and run it across the ground and and flip the soil over so it would t- took the residue or the straw and flipped it over and explode exposed black ground uh, just like what your garden would look like in order for them to seed at that time they needed the ground to be black and the soil exposed to be able to plant the seed The issue was, in our region specifically, because of our large rolling hills, when we get large rain events, which often occur in the fall and the spring, the soil runs off the hills. And after it runs off the hills, there's no way to put it back up there. And we're known here for our very nutrient-dense, rich soil. And as, as tillage and as erosion occurred for 50 to 100 years, uh, we lost feet of topsoil. And there just was no way to put it back up there. And my grandpa was lucky enough to kind of start noticing these sorts of things in the 60s and 70s and began to play, play around with no-till, which was uh, uh, at that time uh, very, very new and was something farmers were starting to play with. And what that basically means, instead of using tillage or flipping the soil over, they are seeding directly through the residue down to the soil. And that allowed for the for the ground to stay intact with with these large rain events. 
Um, so we've been no-tilling for 40 to 50 years, 100% no-till only for probably 20 years, but still we're um, fairly ahead of the game from, from most, just because my grandpa was very much so kind of a pioneer in trying to figure out how to make it work. Um, I think the second part of your question was benefits, correct, of no-till? Correct. Okay, benefits, boy, we could go a lot of different ways. I'll try and pick out the main ones. Obviously, soil erosion. And today, we have, we have little to no, no soil erosion because of it. Um, number two, we're, we're saving as much moisture as possible. When you till the ground, you bring up moisture and you expose the dirt to the air and, and it takes moisture out of the ground. By, by not tilling, we, we save every bit of moisture that comes down, comes down by rainfall. Um, our residue, the, the straw that's, that's still on the ground helps absorb it. Um, the other thing that we're not doing is we're not, we're not breaking up all the microbial activity uh, in the soil. So we've got lots of worms and uh, other microbes in the soil that are doing a lot of the breaking down of nutrients and things like that, creating natural plant food for our, for our crops. Um, there's still a lot that we don't know. That's kind of the exciting thing about no-till, even though we've been experimenting with it for 40 years, there's still a lot of unknown out there about what's going on in our soils. Uh, and because we're not tilling it, we have this, we have this city of microbes that are doing things in the soil that we really don't understand yet. So um, we're, as technology changes and as scientists get better at analyzing it, um, there's just a lot, of, a lot of cool things that we think it's doing to our, to our soil to help our, our crops grow. So with that being said, what type of experience do you have with this no-tilling system? or working with other people that have practiced this type of farming? But my, you know, my dad is probably the one best to ask that question to. My dad's um, been farming here for 40 years and, and really him and grandpa were the ones who really dug in and figured out how to no-till. Um, they spent a lot of time working with other growers. Um, we have thousands of farmers in our immediate area. And back in the 70s and 80s, there were probably 20 or 25 guys that were trying to figure out this no-till thing. So they spent a lot of time bouncing ideas off of one another. Um, being able to no-till requires a different piece of equipment to drill the seed into the ground. And it's a, it's a, it's a high, or it's a large cost to be able to invest in something like that. So with something as new back in that day, it was a huge risk to try, to try this out. So a lot of different farmers had different types of equipment and, you know, they were learning from one another. So it's kind of evolved over the years. We've had four different drills over the past 40 years and, and we continue to search for better ways to, to, to direct seed and no-till. Do you think that no-till farming is better or worse than other farming practices? Well, I won't, I won't argue that it's worse for what we do for because of our terrain, uh, we think it's best on our farm. Uh, we've seen the advantages that it creates in terms of eliminating soil erosion. Um, we've seen the benefits um, of the moisture that we're saving. Um, and I said, there's still a lot of unknown. Um, there's, there's diseases that are involved, we think, in no-till. Um, not, and from a negative and a positive standpoint where there's, like I said, there's all these microbes that are doing things in the soil because we're not running a tillage tool 
through and breaking them up that are things just unknown that to a certain extent are scary that we don't know what things we could be causing, but we think the positives far outweigh the negatives. Okay. If you could better educate, I guess, people who are against no-till farming, how would you do so? You know, the interesting thing about like the people who are against it, I, I think a lot of the farmers who don't utilize no-till, um, you know, they've been farming just like we have in our family for 100, 150 years. And for that amount of time, you know, what they've been doing has worked for them. My grandpa and dad just saw that, that, that we needed to try and eliminate erosion and things like that. And from then on, we've just seen a lot of other beneficial things that have come about from it. Um, I definitely would argue that we are saving our soil. We think we're helping build our soil back up because of it and, and creating something in terms of our soil that's more sustainable. Uh, we believe that if we would continue tilling, you know, we're just, we're not going to have the type of soil um, that's going to be able to produce a good quality crop if we, if we don't uh, go the no-till route. So how early would you, I guess, start educating people? Would you try to hit it in like the high school range or would you wait until people who are more into farming, at, like say at a 20 year age when they start getting into it? Sure. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think it just, it depends on if whoever's interested. You know, we've started, we started, you guys probably know like an Instagram and Facebook page and a lot of our, our content, I guess, is centered around our family and then, and then what we know till um, and trying to just educate on what we're doing and why we're doing it. So I think by doing those sorts of things, you attract people who are naturally interested. Uh, and I think people have to be interested for them to care or want to know why we do it versus the opposite, which in this case would be um, not no telling. So well, thank you. That's all the questions that we have for today. And we wanted to thank you for taking your time out of tonight to answer all of our questions and let us interview you. Thanks for having us. <laughs> of course. Thank you for listening to Fresh Growth. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information on Western Sayre grants and our learning resources, visit westernsayre.org.